Welcome to Growth Mindset University. My name is Jordan Paris, 21-year-old author and host of this show. And with this show, you and I will embark on a journey to learn the things that we should have learned in school but did not, so that we may take control of our lives while fulfilling our visions of success. Each episode will feature a brand new lesson, and now it's time for today's lesson. So put your thinking cap on because school is now in session. Before we get into it today, make sure that you are subscribed to the show, Growth Mindset University, wherever you are listening to this podcast. Everything we do here is to help you, to help you learn so that you can do all that you were created to do, so that you can maximize your potential and who you are. As cliche as that sounds, we have interviews with New York Times bestselling authors and really just the most successful people in the world every single week, two times a week, we have those interviews. So we don't want you to miss it. Make sure you go do that. And now without further ado, please enjoy the show. Steve Jordan is back on the podcast. It's been about 50 episodes since we've had you on the show. You've you've trained some of the best and brightest stars out there, actors, actresses, all sorts of celebrities, Ariana Huffington, all sorts of people, and you know your stuff, especially when it comes to aging gracefully. So we're going to do a little bit of a masterclass crash course on aging gracefully today. And Steve, so it's it's a pleasure to have you back on the show. It's awesome to be here, Jordan. Acceleration. Yes. See, everyone, everyone always, I do this with everyone, I show people, accelerate. We accelerate. Do, we'll do a fist bump, and I'll be like, I'll be like, no, watch this. Accelerate. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you first yeah. come up with that? Uh, you know, I opened my fitness studio uh, almost 12 years ago in Los Angeles, and it was called Steve Jordan Acceleration. Uh, accelerate your results was the tagline, because oh. it was, uh, I was really one of the first pioneering executive workouts, 30-minute workouts, um, get in, get in hard, get in fast. Um, you know, that's today they call it HIT training, high-intensity interval training. I was doing it and I was calling it an accelerated training result, you know, and uh, that was just the way that I, I found my niche in the space that I was working with because I did work and do work with a lot of people who are very time-sensitive, Ariane Huffington and uh, people of the like who... Their priority is business. Their priority is influencing others as we are doing here today. And time is of the essence. So how do we impact them uh, the best that we can? And, you know, I pulled all together all my my experiences through the 23 years and pulled it all together. And right now I'm really excited to bring to everybody this whole new concept that I'm bringing together, mm -hmm. aging gracefully. Yeah. Uh, you know, at 44 years old, I've accumulated a wealth of knowledge through the experiences I've had, not just personally, but also with my clients who really care about aging gracefully. Uh, you know, celebrities care about it. Uh, Hollywood is not favorable to the, to the aged. Uh, you have to look young, feel young, and uh, continue to invent, reinvent yourself. And aging gracefully is a standard in life. It's, some, it's not something you do once. It's something you continue to do. And I'm um, really excited to get to talk about it. Absolutely. This new concept that we've 
come up with. And it just made so much sense. I mean, it's something that you've had ingrained in you for quite some time and you've obviously taken care of yourself. You're 44 years old. We just, I just posted to LinkedIn the other day, that video, that, that little minute video that we took of you in the kitchen making some healthy food. And, and uh, I don't know if you read all the comments, but some of them, like even, even just right now, like, I don't, I don't believe it. I call, I'm calling fake ID there, you know, like, like you're not even over 21. (laughs) Yeah. I, 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 you know, I couldn't read all the comments. There were so many of them, (laughs) to be honest. Um, it was uh, a surprise. You said that it was going to go a little viral and it certainly did. I think we got over 30,000 views on that, which was astounding. But what it did was it showed me that people care and people are really affected by age. Um, you know, when somebody turns, 21, you know, like, I feel like that's the tipping point. After 21, people feel like, from what I experienced, they feel like they go downhill. When someone turns 30, they're like, oh, God, I'm afraid to turn 30 and 40. Forget about it. Like, people go bananas and lose their shit. You know, it's, uh, I was happy to turn 40, and I'm happy to be 44 and in the space that I'm in because I feel better than I ever have. Um, I operate better than I ever have. I'm wiser, I'm smarter. I have more tools in my toolbox that just come naturally. And like you said earlier, yeah, it does come from the years of experience and time that I put attention and focus on it. Like I was making food the other night while everybody else was grabbing fast snacks and to-go kind of things. I was like, forget about it. Watch this. Look how quickly I can do all this healthy stuff. I obviously had to go to the grocery store prior. And I did that as soon as I arrived here in Florida and then I just had it in my hand and five within five minutes, I had a healthy snack that, you know, fed not just me, but you and a few others. So it was like, I don't know. I just feel like you can't do it. Like, I mean, you can't not do it. You, you have to. Right. And it's more about than just looking good. It's really, honestly, Jordan, I think the caveat to all this is looking, is feeling good, mm-hmm. right? People want to look good, but when you feel good, you look good. Well, before we really get into this today... People can find you at stevejordan.com, at stevejordanfitness on Instagram. I know you've got some very exciting things going on and in the works that we've been working on uh, over the weekend and over the week and talking about and developing. So I'm excited yeah, for that. Yeah. So am I. And I, I want to give you a shout out, you know, because you, um, you helped me to streamline some of these ideas. Um, I've had a lot of great thoughts and ideas that I've been working on through the years. And my podcast, I Am Healthy and Fit, has yep. been successful. Um, yep, listen to that as well, yeah. Yep, I Am Healthy and Fit. Um, but there's a great possibility, I would say 99%, I might rebrand everything. Um, and I'm putting that out there right now uh, as an aging, more as aging gracefully. And I Am Healthy and Fit is going to be a component to the Aging Gracefully platform. Um, because Really, I think that my whole persona, who I am, my character, professionally and personally, is about aging gracefully. Um, it's about creating uh, better quality of sleep, less stress, having fun, which people be like, what? How is that part of aging gracefully? Well, you got to have fun. You can't. Life is short, man, and you got to be able to know how to fun and do things that are productive. Um, you want to love, not just love someone else, but love yourself and be in in situations where you love friends and you love connection, you love an animal, whatever that looks like. Um, and then movement, of course. I mean, that's always been sort of my, my thing. Um, but moving gracefully, moving freely, moving with uh, without pain, that's, you know, something that's important. 
and uh, your brain, you know, many of you may know or may not have known, I've had a traumatic brain injury in my life when I was 19, which really turned me on into this area and field. Um, But I had to protect and change and cure and heal my brain. So that's a very important component to this aging gracefully. And we're finding out a lot more studies today on uh, the brain and the aging brain. And we find that uh, with exercise, which I just did a podcast with Dr. John Rady, who's one of the leading pioneers in brain activity and exercise. He wrote a book called Spark, and it's a great podcast. And he talks about how one of the best ways to prevent an aging brain is to exercise. So all of these components all tie in together into this one big uh, component called aging gracefully. Well, let's talk about one of them then, uh, sleep. Mm. Sleep is, for me, a non-negotiable. have to get eight hours in a night. And I'll, you know, I, I will, I will skip, I'll skip the workout. I'll skip whatever I have to. If I, if for whatever reason I get to bed a little bit later than normal, like if I get to bed at 12, I'm not going to still wake up at 630. I'm going to wake up at eight o'clock. Right. I, you know, I don't like to stay out late. You know, that's, that's the worst thing for me. If I go out and party and drink and I got to stay out till 2 a.m., it's a double whammy. Like you get the drinking, but the worst part about it for me is the sleep. There's no worse feeling than waking up in the morning and just already feeling restless. Yes. And and for me, so then sleep is the quickest way. Lack of sleep is the quickest way of depre- to, to depression for me. Someone has to be very careful with that. Uh, what, what, what implications does sleep have over the long term? I mean, you, you consider it a, a vital part of aging gracefully, huh? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny. Um, I remember when I was a kid, my mom, I, I used to sleep in. I loved my sleep and I grew up healthy and, you know, athletic and I needed recovery. Um, and then when I got to college, I even then, like if I had really early classes, if I didn't get to bed early enough, I would sleep in mm-hmm. and forget going to the class. And uh, so sleep has always been important to me. Um, it became even more important to me in, uh, I guess, my 20s when I was recovering from my brain injury, uh, when I decided that like health and fitness was much more. And when I had to wake up early, earlier than most other people, like my days would start at 6, 630 in the morning. So I would start putting myself to bed earlier. And I just found I was way more productive. And I'm not naturally a morning person, but I got myself into that cycle of being a morning person by going to bed early. People use that as an excuse, though. I'm not a morning person. I think it's all language. That's their, you know, you had said it's a non-negotiable. You know, it's all language. Listen, we are are part of every single man and woman on this planet, the 8 billion plus of us. We are all homo sapiens. We are a a species and like a like a dog is a species like a cat is a species homo sapien is a species and we have done a lot of science on this where we show that we have a natural circadian sleep wake cycle what does that mean that means during the day we thrive we hunt we gather we we move we work we create we do whatever we need to do in the day that's when the sun rises and when the sun sets that's our natural component. During that time, there are a lot of hormones that are released that help us to thrive, not just survive. There's a, right. there's a difference because thriving is like being your best. Surviving is just like getting through the day. That's when people are not productive. That's when people are 
basically half-ass, but we're not half-ass here. We're looking to get the tools and resources here to be our best self. Now, you need to then retreat when the sun goes down. You need to go and what we would consider called hibernation, right? Because our homo sapien creature, we cannot thrive in the evening. We can't see at night. We don't do things at night. 10,000 years ago before light was invented, I mean, that was only several hundred years ago, but before light was invented and all these other tools and resources at our fingertips, we had to go into our caves and hide from night predators. Um, Otherwise, we'd be eaten alive. So we had to create this, and this is what was created in our cycle, our primal state, Mm -hmm. what I like to call it, primal state, where it's our natural state. But with technology and all the things today, it has, yeah, I know you talk a lot about blue light and that's a very important component. We should not, we should avoid that. We should be doing things to prevent it. At night, we want to dim our lights. We want to maybe even just use candles uh, and or just use the sunlight or the moonlight. You know, open up your blinds, open up your shades and let let the moonlight come in and it'll be light enough. I remember when my wife and I started dating six years ago. Um, she'd come over at night and then, and my place was super dark. She's like, I can't see anything. Turn on the lights. And I was like, no. And you know, I could have easily like collapsed because I liked her and this and that, but I was like, no, like we're keeping this like this. You'll have to adjust. And sure enough, I mean, we're married six years later, everything at night is dim and you know, she goes to bed early now. She used to be a night owl. She used to stay up to like three in the morning, four in the morning and, you know, sleep till 1, 12 o'clock in the day. Yeah. And now she goes to bed with me at 10, 10 30 at night. So long story short here, um, you know, back to the circadian sleep, what sleep, wait, sleep, wake cycle. We got to continue that. And it's not just doing it once or twice. I actually want to go back and say something, comment on what you said about, you know, if I go to bed at 12, I have to sleep until eight to get, you know, my eight hours. That's not necessarily correct. Mm. What you want to do mm. is you want to wake up at the same time. Because what that's going to do is start to throw your pattern off and it's going to make you go to bed again the next night at 12, the next night at 12, and all of a sudden you're going to find yourself in a pattern of going to bed at 12 and waking up at 8. Um, and that's not good. No. But if you power through that day, waking up at your normal time that you should, 6, 6.30, or when the sun is rising, and you power through that day, maybe even take a, a quick 20-minute nap, and you get yourself to bed that night at 10, 10.30, then you'll get back into your rhythm. Mm -hmm. There is no such thing, science shows, that you cannot catch up on sleep. So you cannot catch up on sleep. I repeat that. You cannot catch up on sleep. You just have to get back into the same sleep-wake cycle and do it over and over and over again, and your body will thank you. I would say one of the key components, and I'm going to finish here, of me feeling and looking as good as I do at age 44, and not just feeling and looking good, but performing good. Um, I am in optimal shape. I I rarely have any injuries. I rarely have any pains or aches or this or that that ever prevent me from doing the fun things. I got a six pack, (laughs) eight pack still. Um, And I'll tell you, I don't work at it that hard. You know, I work at it, but not that hard. Um, And I don't mean to turn people off by that because it does take a lot of work, but I've gotten to a point where I'm I'm, I maintain and then I'll work hard and I'll maintain and I'll work hard. I kind of ebb and flow, which you should do. You can't constantly like go up this way. But um, I believe that sleep is probably one of the most critical components to one of the reasons why I've aged gracefully. Yeah. And it starts, it starts the, even the morning before. That's Wake right. up, intense exercise and some sunlight. 
you yeah. know, get the awake hormone peaking at the right time, cortisol, instead of going to the gym at five o'clock at night, six o'clock at night, uh, having your cortisol levels peak right then when you should be winding down and then your just your body's clock is way off. Uh, another thing with, you know, the blue light, you know, watching TV at night, watching Netflix at night, uh, you know, bright lights at night in my, in your room. I don't, I have, I have a salt lamp in my room and, a and a, actually a reptile light. Nice. <laughs> it's, it's not blue light. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so. Well, well, what's crazy <laughs> is that we will use the right kind of light for our reptiles, for our animals, mm. for our pets, but we won't do it for no. ourselves. So funny. Right. And, and it's, it's, it's ironic too, that these energy saving lights, these led energy saving lights for the environment, they ironically suck the energy out of us. Mm. Right. Yep. And so, so it's like, what I, what do you care about more? You got if you want to save the world, you got to save yourself first. That's right. So I would, I would definitely prefer to focus on me having the energy to then go out and save energy for the environment. Totally. Uh, and, and there are better methods than, than led lights. Uh, Absolutely. So that, those are the kind of things. And, and I wear these blue light blocking glasses. I've had blue light blocking glasses for years. I had funky ones that I got. They're like, they're like dark orange, but now I have, uh, and, and this is, a, you know, you can get them for cheap, but now I have a more expensive option, which is you know, they're built. I have blue light blocking glasses that are built into my prescription glasses. It's amazing. Now. And so like, I, so I always, always wear these blue light blocking glasses whenever I'm looking at any screen, because not only does it stimulate cortisol, but it's, it causes macular degeneration, this blue light. You know, you ultraviolet light, 99% of it doesn't penetrate all the way to the back of your eyes. But with blue light, 99% of it does penetrate all the way to the back of your eyes, causes yep. cellular death in your eyes, macular degeneration, which is really bad. And I could feel it by the end of the day. I was, I was starting to feel that I, 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 I couldn't see anymore. Short-term eye strain, long-term eyesight loss. Mm-hmm. By the end of the day, I couldn't see anymore. I had to put on some sort of, you know, magnification glasses. And it started happening at like nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Then eight o'clock, then seven o'clock. And then sometimes, you know, over, over the years, I started, you know, up until a month ago when I got these glasses, I started having to put on magnification glasses at one o'clock in the afternoon. I couldn't see by then. There was a, there was a test I was taking in school at, at noon once. It was, it was a couple of months ago. It was a final. I couldn't see. Hmm. I could not see because I was on this, I was on, I was looking at screens the entire day up until that point because I wake up early. I was looking at screens. I had to. I had to guess. I literally could not. I could not read. Wow. <laughs> I, I got a fifty on the test. That'll that'll wake you up. You yeah. Know? And I got and, glasses right at the week after. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know really cool that you were able to uh, correlate and see this and take action. Uh, don't ignore these signs. No. Like I mean, I think too many people ignore these signs and think it's part of aging. No, it doesn't have to be. I'm 44 years old. I don't wear glasses. Um, and everybody in my family does. And this was something that you pointed out, Jordan, yes, that I was not um, really too aware of. I was aware of it, but I didn't really connect the dots. Um, I don't come from a very healthy and fit family. My family, um, although you know, it, it is healthier on the healthier side of the general population, they're overweight. Everybody in my family is overweight. Everybody in my family, my dad just had bypass surgery 
a few weeks ago in his legs because his legs are the arteries in his legs are clogged and he had triple bypass surgery in his heart five years ago six years ago to save his life um my mom's overweight my sister's overweight my aunts and uncles and my cousins are overweight um i don't come from a very healthy and fit family i'm the outlier like i'm always the one who's like in shape and always the one who's been in shape and i've aged gracefully i look younger than everybody else in my family so it is not something that I was born into. And I think that some of the comments on that LinkedIn where people were like, oh, you know, it's genes, this and that. Yes. yes, genes do play a role, but you have to do the right thing so that the bad genes don't become expressed. Mm-hmm. If I started eating bad and I started not even just bad, I just not doing having the standard that I have, I would definitely gain weight and I would be in much better, worse, worse off shape. So... Um, I just want to make that yes. a point, and I'm really happy you brought that to my attention because it makes me makes me feel good. I thought about it for many years. I just didn't have the guts to bring it to your attention. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you did now because it's created a, a different momentum for yeah. my business and where we're where I'm going to be heading and where yeah. you know you're going to be helping me drive to drive this platform. Um, you know, I, I'm really excited about it because yeah. aging gracefully has so many benefits. It's really, it's just, it doesn't even compare. I have not, Jordan, I have not taken an antibiotic in over 15 years. When I tell people that, they're like, what? They're like, what about when you get, I'm like, I don't get sick. If I get sick, I go see my acupuncturist, who's like my primary care physician. Um, I feel something come on, maybe a scratchy throat or something like that. I go see her once or twice and it knocks it out. I've done Nothing over the counter. I mean, I've taken a couple Advil here and there, like maybe some like inflammation pain or something like that, like a kink neck. But I've that never really bad for you. How often? Not probably not too often. Not though. too often. I mean, like once every other month. Yeah. You know, like, and I don't do like, but I have not taken a prescribed antibiotic in over fifteen years, which is amazing. Yeah, I remember I had I had this torn labrum in my shoulder a couple of years ago, and this doctor gave me an entire box. Like, cause my, I mean, he knows my father and they work in like, they worked in the same, uh, you know, same, same sort of hospital or whatever. And, uh, so I got the special treatment instead of giving me one box of Advil or, or leave it was, he gave me the entire like shipment of, <laughs> of 30 boxes. <laughs> and I took like one and my, what a waste. <laughs> it's like, it's like I'm not touching that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, pain is uh, it's all it's perception. Sometimes you have to deal with the pain so that you can not get the pain again. Like so, you could be smarter. And you know, I'm sh- excuse me, I'm sure that maybe you're. I don't really remember exactly how you tore your labrum, football. but okay. So yeah. football, right? I mean, football is a great sport. I played it, um, and injuries do occur. But many times, injuries come because people are not paying attention because they're being careless because they're not they're maybe pushing themselves too hard and so pain sometimes should be your barometer to kind of take a step back and assess the situation and see what you did right or wrong and make adjustments so that you can again age gracefully absolutely so food then yeah food is a huge component another component that i believe that has been one of my top priorities in life um i remember when i was in college um i would not eat fast food. I actually ended up in the ER <laughs> because I didn't eat fast food because I started training when I was in college. And my last year, I had my own business and I was a trainer at the White House. Yeah. Um, 
And I had this like amazing thing going on, but I had very little time because between classes, working at the White House and training, uh, my, like I had several clients in the neighborhood of College Park, Maryland, I didn't have time really to eat, but I would not go to a fast food restaurant. I would not stop at McDonald's or Burger King or Taco Bell. And I ended up starving myself. And what happened was my... um I was getting gastritis. I was, my gut lining was eating away at my stomach tissue and I was drinking milk at the time. I didn't know milk. There was actually, I don't even know if there was an alternative to milk. This was 25 years ago, if not longer. Um, You know, at that time, like I was drinking milk and I thought that that would help and it made it worse. And I remember waking up one morning, like I felt like, I thought I was losing my appendix or something like that. And I went to the ER and they told me I had gastritis, which just means like the lining of your stomach starts eating away because of the acid production, whatnot. And I ended up realizing that not eating the fast food or not preparing my food was creating a problem. So I still didn't want to eat the fast food. That was still like a standard. Um, but I also didn't, I, I actually at that time, if I was in a pinch, if I was in a really bad situation where I wasn't able to eat, I would get something, but always on the healthier side, like a Subway. And I would only eat like half of the bread and I would do something really healthy. That I, was if I, I always I, see you take off the other half. Whenever you have yeah. it, you always take it off the I other I did half that last bun. night. Yeah. Uh, we and went out to dinner. On Monday, I saw. Yep. I always take off at half the bun. You don't need the whole bun. Mm. It still tastes good. So that would be one way. But then I started to learn to cook and I would cook simply. And it was just like chicken and rice or baked potatoes and vegetables. And I just did it the best the way that I knew how that would fuel me. And I reiterate fuel me because I needed the fuel, the energy to keep going and sustain the output that I needed to have during my my day through work. So funny. I I was talking to this girl a couple of years ago. And she's like, I once dated this guy who viewed food as fuel. It was so. I was like, I was like, uh, well, I'm thinking to myself, like, I view it that way too. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, you don't you put fuel in your car to go to you know a destination right. um, or destinations, and you got to put food in your belly and your body. That's what you are. Food is what you are made of. You, your body works on everything that you put into it. And that's why I say food is medicine or a poison because the food can be the medicine to help you thrive and do the great things and age gracefully, or it can be the poison that, you know, negates your aging gracefully. It causes pain, causes disease and prevents you from being your best self. Well, how, how do you eat then? How How do I personally eat? Yeah. Uh, Well, I eat several times a day. Um, I always eat breakfast, most important meal of the day. Um, No fast in there? I do fast. I fast actually 12 hours. So from the last meal at night, so let's say it's at 7 o'clock, I do not ingest anything solid that my body needs to metabolize until after 7 a.m. that morning. So full 12-hour fast, minimum. Usually it's 14 hours. I always drink water first thing in the morning um, and not just like a glass of water. I drink at least 16 to 24 ounces of water. I pee, like meaning like that. it's my second pee. Usually you wake up in the morning, you pee first when you wake up um, because your bladder is full from sleeping full night. I drink the water. I'll pee again. That's my indicator that I'm ready to take something in. And I typically take in a 
protein, vegan, vegetarian, uh, organic uh, protein drink that is full of minerals and, and full of vitamins and protein and some of the energy that I need. Um, and I mix it with almond milk or water. Yeah. Um, and even sometimes I'll put a little shot of like Bulletproof's um, coffee. coffee in there. So it has some ghee and butter and um, it has some MCT oil in there. And I might add some cacao. Um, I might add almond butter in there. And I blend it with no ice because the ice makes it hard to, to digest. Your body will actually assimilate it and digest it better um, when it's at room temperature. So I do that and then I usually takes a couple hours for me to start getting hungry and then I have quote unquote a breakfast, which is like mid-morning and then lunch and dinner, snack in between and you know, that's uh, typically how it runs and I do that daily. I mean, just it's a routine and when I've worked in offices, when I, you know, I've been on the road training, I've had so many like different areas of my career. I, I was in the office. Uh, I was a trainer to trainers working for the National Academy of Sports Medicine. I would bring my food every day and brown bag it and do what I needed to do. Um, I became a trainer after that on the road where I had basically my office was my car traveling around. I was flying around on private planes and helicopters and whatnot around the world training trainer training people and I would always bring my food and that was a priority however it looked whether it was a bar or a shake or I knew where I was going to go eat if I'd had that time and then now owning my own studio um, you know I don't eat at my studio there's a cafe right next to my studio I've never eaten there once because right. I live close enough to where I can go back and forth yeah. to my studio we bring and I design that. Mm -hmm. um, so I go home and I cook breakfast and I cook lunch and I cook dinner. Um, that may not be everybody's, you know, priority, but what, you know, I have made that a standard in my life. I created that. I created my life. This didn't just, all this stuff just didn't happen haphazardly. It happened with intention, with deliberate focus and action. Yeah. So I've heard the argument like that eating out it's they're paying for the time that is being saved, right? Because yeah. they can better use it elsewhere. I view my cooking time more as meditative, restorative time that is pretty essential. And like I need it, right? I don't like to go too long without it. Like I've been, I've been two weeks without it because I've been traveling now for two weeks, you know. You know, I'll be back home tonight and I'm going to have a have a good meal by myself tonight. I'm gonna to cook and it's gonna be great. I'm gonna get that meditative time. What do you what do you say though? Do like do you do you think that there are benefits to eating out? Like is or is that just an excuse to not cook or what? No, there's definitely benefits to eating out. Mm -hmm. And this might take you by surprise. You might not actually, you know, anticipate this answer. But yes, because eating out is socializing. Yeah. Right? There's is. a big part Every now and then. Yeah, every now and then. Socialization. I eat out more now that I'm married and, you know, becomes it's part of our thing to do together. It's our socialization. It's our connection. Um, my wife is an amazing cook. I'm a good cook to her standards. Um, I think I'm a better cook than she thinks I am um, because she's so good. But it's still um, in a... It's an important component to living life, and it brings us to one of the other areas of aging gracefully is having fun, right? You have to have fun in life. Life is people would think when they meet me, especially when I used to be in the dating world, and they meet, you know, some girl would meet me, and she'd be like, "Oh man, she's like, you're gonna be, 
you're super strict yeah. in life. You're super, you it's probably a, eat this and that. You're probably vegan. You're probably da, 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 da. Yeah, I get that. And I'm like, no, actually, I'm really not. Like, I have a lot of, and then they get to know me and they're like, wow, okay, you do, you like ice cream or you like desserts or you like, you know, going out to dinner or you like to have popcorn at the movies. And I'm like, yeah, and I do. But I do, I do what I do in my framework of, you know, this whole Aging Gracefully platform, 95% of the time, 5%, yeah. I, I waver. I actually recommend to clients and people and everybody listening, 80-20 rule. Uh, yeah, I knew it was coming. The 80-20 rule. The 80-20 rule is if you live in 80% of like the space of everything is, is structured and good and you're doing all the great things that are going to age gracefully, but you have 20% of that, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, if you calculate it and average it all out, you're going to be fine. You're going to be totally fine. Yeah. One of my mentors, someone that I've looked up to in my industry, Paul Check, um, who's a great educator, who's been some of the some of the education that I'm expressing to you today has come from some of the studies and work that I've done with him. He's talked about the 80-20 rule for quite some time. And, oh, even, you know, yeah. Yeah, and he's someone who's really aged gracefully as well. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not an all an all-in person in that in that sense. I think you have to have fun. You got to create areas in your life for fun if it means going out um, and, you know, just doing something, you know, going to the park and throwing a Frisbee or going to a movie or going out to dinner yeah. or going to a, a wine event uh, or some winery or going on vacation or going out on the boat Whatever it looks like for you, because um, fun is, you know, really in the eyes of the beholder. Like beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. So is fun. It's never, you know, what's fun for me may not be fun for you. Right. Do something fun at least every day. Absolutely, I'm very proactive with, you know, hanging out with my friends. And I mean, look at look at the past week for me, Steve. Right? I mean, you you've seen me all week, and th- what I what I've been doing. I I mean. <laughs> it's it's almost a little too much. Every single day, three times a day, Tate's Bake Shop cookies with vegan ice cream in the middle, ice cream sandwich, and and all and, and that's like the healthiest thing I've had all week. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had actually taken a picture of you and yeah. <laughs> tagged it on Instagram with Tate with Tate's Bake Shop uh, hashtagged on there and shown them what a great customer you've been and tell them how many you've ha- had and eaten, um, they'd be super stoked and probably send you a free box. Yeah, but this um, is one, I mean, dude, this is one week out of the year. Yeah. And like, when the last time I had Tate's Bake Shop cookies, probably 100 weeks ago. <laughs> right, you can't remember and that's okay and you're going to bounce back. There's a saying that I have uh, that's very relative to this all, and it's not how hard you fall, it's how quickly you pick yourself back up. We all break down, we all have our moments, we all have our vices, we all have our things that will prevent us from being our best self. But what you can't do is get caught up in that, well, I ate bad yesterday, Mm. or I ate bad on this meal, I'm just going to do it again, and then you do it again, and you do it again. Like what we talked about with the sleep right? Getting yourself back into that sleep cycle, getting to bed on time and waking up on time. If you go to bed late and the next day you wake up at the same time, don't sleep in. It's the same thing if eating. If you eat a bad meal, well, don't eat the next bad meal. Eat, eat, drink water, 
because that'll always neutralize you. Maybe some lemon water because it'll alkaline you and create some nice healthy balances in your yeah. body. And then eat a good meal. Maybe it's not the best meal. Maybe it's better than the last one. And it may be in between what your best is and what your worst is. But at least it's better. Yeah. I remember exactly the last time I had Tate's Bake Shop cookies. I actually told you earlier this week when we were talking about it. It was October of 2016. My first, my freshman uh, freshman year, first semester, when I, I had an entire box of Tate's Bake Shop cookies. All, and you got all sick. Cookies, <laughs> and you were like drink water that's right <laughs> and yeah. so i always remember when i have a little too much sugar which by the way i think for adult males the suggested intake is 36 grams of sugar per day which is not a lot i mean you cannot afford to have like super sugary stuff because you're going to get those grams of sugar in other things so but anyway whenever i have a little too much sugar in one sitting i will make sure to balance it with a lot of agua yeah right and so, you feel better exactly so we talked about food sleep fun we have movement yes Next. movement right movement is medicine uh you know there's uh today i'll give you an example i woke up today with a little bit of a kink neck i think i slept on it wrong or yesterday i went swimming in the ocean and the currents were pretty strong um so i was going to book a massage at massage envy hereby but there was no nobody available at the times that i needed so i said all right well i'm going to go for a walk uh, just to move my body, went outside, went for a walk and decided, you know what, I'm not going to just walk, I'm going to jog. And I ended up jogging three and a half miles, came back and did about 30 minutes of yoga, stretching and movement. Um, and then I did some foam rolling and my recovery and I have no more neck kink. My neck kink is completely gone. I feel amazing. And I'm grateful that I just got up and moved. So many people think when they're sore or they're tired or they're in pain that they shouldn't move and they should rest. Uh-uh. You should move no matter what. It'll get your body moving. It'll get your juices flowing. It'll get your brain activity going. And it'll make new connections in your brain and bring more purpose and fulfillment and focus into everything you do. Mm -hmm. So the next one then is your brain. Yeah. This is an, over, an overlooked one. This, it, was, this was a late addition to our to our topic wheel yes, that we made. Yes, yes, you know, and it's a very important one, uh, probably the most important one, because without our brain, we're not going to achieve or do anything. Mm. Um, you know, I suffered a traumatic brain injury when I was 19 years old with brain surgery, nearly died. Uh, it was a three-year recovery. I'm not going to go into too many details. Episode 69, I posted your posted the story about it, jordanparis.com slash EP69, your full story, uh, about 50 minutes to an hour of... Your, every detail of your brain injury is on the podcast. Yeah, yeah it's a really miraculous story and um, it's worth listening to to understand where I came from so that you can so that you can relate better to what I'm saying. I'm not just sitting here on my high horse, you know, telling you all this great stuff because I've been doing everything perfect my whole life. I've had many breakdowns and that brain injury was one that was beyond what anybody could ever have imagined. And because I've recovered so well from it, people don't really see it, uh, see how that was possible. But believe me, it was beyond what you could imagine. So, um, you know, training your brain is as important as training your body and moving your body. If you don't believe in something or if you don't think that you can do it, you won't. 
Um, there is, you know, so much more studies today on brain activity. Again, I just did that podcast with Dr. John Rady and how exercise and movement helps to create better connections to your brain and more positiveness and all the good stuff that your brain needs to age gracefully. But you also have to have a belief system in within you that you are, that, that is positive, right? If you, if you believe you can, you can, if you believe you can't, you won't. And that is the best way to just summarize it all. Uh, I Am Healthy and Fit uh, podcast is the title right now, which again may change, and the title of the book that I'm writing, which may change very soon, that uh, if you don't believe it, you can achieve it. That goes for anything in your life. The first time you wanted to walk across the street, you probably didn't believe that you can cross it, but your parents or your loved ones or someone that was there who was walking you across the street held your hand and said, you can do it. And you did it with that person. And then from there, you built the confidence to believe that you could and you did it. And now you do it without even thinking about it. That is how everything in your life works. So you have to believe it before you can achieve it. Training your brain, uh, incantations, positive thoughts, reading things that are positive, exposing your things to yourself to that are positive, surrounding yourself around people who are positive and lift you up rather than bring you down are all really key components to uh, just overall brain health and wellness. The next one then, stress, I think it ties in a little bit with a couple of different of the categories of aging gracefully here. Stress as in movement obviously alleviates a little bit of stress you sleeping right you know you can you manage stress that way if you if you're not sleeping right and you're sleeping if you're sleeping poorly and your body clock is all thrown off i think you're going to have a lot more stress in your life so stress how do you how do you manage it you know stress is it's something you manage uh all the time and what what do i mean by that stress when we think of stress i think people think of stress as acute stress like someone cuts you off in traffic and you got to honk the horn yeah that can be a stressor one it's how you perceive that as being stressful right i tend to personally perceive that as stressful and i get a little bit angry have a little bit of road rage sometimes um but i manage it and i just do certain things to in that moment like breathe or i just smile um to help manage something like that um, but what the biggest stress and that I've found that's happening today is cumulative stress. It's the stressors or the stresses in life that are happening we don't even realize they're happening. But they don't realize they're happening until they add up to become this one big thing and what it may show up as disease. Disease where it maybe you might have poor skin, you might break out, you might have bad sleep, you might have some autoimmune deficiency, uh, you might have uh, all these different things that could show up. I mean, it's so crazy how stress shows up um, in so many ways. Neck pain, neck tension, muscles tension. Um, It could be even lethargy where you're not wanting to do anything, depression. All these things can be related to cumulative stress. Now, how do I deal with stress? It's Doing all those things we talked about earlier, sleeping well, it's eating well, it's moving well, it's having fun, it's eating, you know, right foods, it's, um, you know, creating all these patterns that really will manage and almost wipe away any kind of stress in your life. So um, it's a huge component. Um, I would first recommend people to breathe, like if you have an Apple Watch, 
Apple Watch every couple times a day will say, now's a good time to breathe. And so you might just breathe for one or two minutes and it creates a whole different like state of mind and sense of, of, of awareness within yourself that you can start to recognize the things in your life that come into play that might cause you stress. And then you can be aware of them so that you can do something to uh, mitigate them. I find that the most stressful times for me when I feel the worst, I, when I realize it, I realize I'm not breathing Mm. and I, you know, and I just fill my, fill my lungs with air and like, even, even that felt really good. So the last one here, the last piece of the puzzle of aging gracefully is love. How Mm. does that play into aging gracefully? Well, really what we all need and want is love. If, if you break down all of human emotion, all of humans' needs, um, they say that babies cannot survive without love. Um, you have to have love in your life to be able to create a, a sense of well-being, a sense of purpose, fulfillment, connection. Um, you know, community is this big topic right now in life, like creating community, um, which is really important. That's love love and connection. So, you know, you want to be with people that you love. Maybe maybe you're not outwardly expressing that you love them, but you love being around them. You you love the way they make you feel. You love how they inspire you. You love how this podcast motivates you and educates you. You know, you put yourself in positions where love is an underlying possibility and presence. You know, and find somebody in your life that you can love. When you give love, you'll get love back in return. It's the law of giving and receiving. And, um, you know, that's not an outward thing. But then I think it's as equally important to love yourself. We are really hard on ourselves today. um, And I think we've always been. It's part of human nature. What's helped us to become where we are today, you you know, just think about where we were a hundred years ago and where we are today a hundred years. I mean, it's impossible if, if we didn't love ourselves, if we didn't care enough about ourselves. What does love yourself mean? Cause I think that, I think that love yourself does not mean, I think people can get, take it to an extreme too much and, and you know, everything they, like they won't, they won't work out the kinks in a relationship. And like, I, you know, like I love myself, like I'm, I'm too good for this. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and just kind of like, and they'll end up, single and old and single and lonely right yeah. and not aging gracefully right statistics show that when you're in a relationship a, a marriage marriage or you have a partner in life uh that is you know compatible yeah. you live longer uh people who are single tend to live less and what does it look so, like yeah. it means right. it means being okay with who you are like being okay with who you are we tend to focus on the imperfections or things that we're not good at. We tend to focus on Negativity the negative stuff, um, self-criticism. Be okay with who you are. Love all that you are and all that you're not. And do better, not be perfect, do better at the things that you're not to, to polish off yourself. And that will create more self-love and connection. Um, I didn't have a lot of self-love for a lot of part of my life until maybe eight years ago when I started going to therapy, which was a huge um, 
huge factor into where I am today, being able to be married happily and having a great life and fulfillment and really just joy. Um, I don't compare myself with anybody. Um, I just live my own life and do run my own race and create my own happiness and joy because I found self-love. Because I realized that I was really self-critical and I didn't really love myself. Um, maybe because of my accident, because I didn't really know who I was, because I had that traumatic incident that really took three years of my life and just turned me upside down, literally. Um, I had to find a whole new, a whole new paradigm and I never found the self-love. Um, and I am encouraging anybody out there, if you have any of these emotional challenges or you're stuck in a rut in life and love and connection, Go to a therapist, go to somebody professional, go see somebody that can help you work through it. It is never going to be time or money wasted. I spent a lot of money and time and energy on it. I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, today, more than ever, it is looked at as very favorable rather than uh, negative, where before people used to look negative on people going to yep. therapists. Today, it's very important, I think, more than ever, and we're embracing it. And as like you know, people need coaches in life, uh, yep. whether physical coaches or rehab coaches or sports team coaches, you need emotional and mental coaches right. as well. And therapists will provide that for you. Absolutely. Mentors and any therapist. Yeah. I think it's the responsible thing to do. It is definitely an act of self-love to, uh, to take that, to take that leap and over and, and just, and risk you know, being uh, the stigma, right? Being vulnerable. Right, being vulnerable for sure. So we went over our categories, right? Or seven categories of aging gracefully. Food, sleep, stress, love, fun, brain, movement. Take action in these categories. Be mindful of these categories of these pieces of the puzzle to aging gracefully. Steve, is is there any like is there anything else to be said here about aging gracefully or did we cover everything? You know, think of aging gracefully as a journey and not a destination. I think that's really where I want to drive this home as well because people I, are tend to be quantitative. Uh, they want to know well, what does aging gracefully, where do I go? How does that look, right? doesn't necessarily look like anything. If you can get up every day and love yourself, you can sleep well, you can eat well, you can have less stress and manage it. Uh, If you can have good movement in your life and have all these components working in balance together on a daily basis. Um, And or at the end of the day, you can look at those components and you can say, I fulfilled each one of these, then you're, you're aging gracefully. And it's, there's, you know, an, an upset, It's not how hard you fall. It's how quickly you pick yourself back up and get back into that wheel of aging gracefully. Um, And I encourage you to to start today. Don't take, don't let it wait. Don't wait until something happens to where you need to then take action. Take action today, little by little, day by day, month by month, year by year, and you'll find yourself having the compliments and uh, you'll be in a space where people will be complimenting you and creating uh, a nice environment for yourself. You'll be happy and live a fulfilling life. There's no question about that. Well, people can visit you, Steve, at stevejordan.com. And I highly recommend that people hit that hashtag, I am healthy and fit on the homepage to get on your email list because you and I both know that things are about to get quite exciting right about now. And there's going to be a lot more content in this area, a lot more education in this area of 
aging gracefully, which is, yeah. I mean, we, we don't want the, I don't, I certainly don't want the peak of my peak years to be 20 to 30. I'd, I'd like it to be 20 to 70 or 80, right? Yeah, definitely. And, the sooner yeah. you start, the better. And it's never too late. That's the other component to this that I'd like to bring to your right. attention. It's never too late and it's never too early to start. And um, the sooner you take action, the better. And the stay consistent with it. And we do have some exciting things. Um, I, we're going to have a course uh, which I'm excited about uh, for a small fee. You're going to learn some of the really detailed oriented ways in which what we discussed here on this macro level, you're going to learn the micro uh, components to each of those to start, you know, really honing in and taking action on those. And then we're going to have something in the end that's going to be a beautiful opportunity for you to create uh, a more balance. Um, and I'm going to help curate that for you providing you products that I use um, from skincare lines to foods to snacks to yeah. uh, even chocolates and things that I've been using for a good part of my life that I know that has facilitated my um, my aging gracefully yeah. and feeling great and you know from the inside out. So um, it's going to be an awesome opportunity for you to stay on board. Make sure that you sign up for um, what Jordan said, my newsletter and be part of my subscription and part of my uh, team and part of part of my community because this is going to get get exciting because we're living longer today. Modern medicine has helped us to combat some of the the diseases that you know have taken lives earlier. So why not you know age gracefully if we're living longer? Um, I think it's really important. Yep, putting in your email is free. You can do it right now, and that that course you mentioned for a small fee is it's going to be under ten bucks. So. It's very. It, it makes a it makes a lot of makes a lot of sense. And I don't know why you wouldn't do it. Right. You can spend ten dollars, uh, less ten dollars at Starbucks. You can buy a grande like latte or something and for a, six and bucks a, and, a, and a muffin. A cake, yeah. You know, something. for for eight bucks total, you're gonna get invaluable life lessons in this in this course that you'll be able to use for the rest of your life. It'll be like yep. a one time fee that you'll have to spend. You're gonna get extraordinary information right are your purchases fueling your health right or are they draining you the, the starbucks right? there you go i love so, it in in the spirit of love i love hanging out with my guy steve jordan steve it's been a pleasure thank you always much, brother accelerate <laughs>